0: Welcome to Eurovision, Queens! Welcome to Eurovision, Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy, and I think it's safe to say, je t'adore Eurovision.
1: And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn more about the contest history, and I like Eurovision, who I ah, just a little bit. You went with
0: that then. I went with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have reached episode 13. How do you feel about the number 13.
1: I don't care about about it. I mean, I wouldn't put my volume up to that level
0: in the car. (laughs) Oh, now this is interesting. I don't believe in it, but I couldn't put my volume to that level. Unpack that,
1: please. Yeah. It's a very, it's very just niche slither of superstition. (laughs) Clearly.
0: (laughs) Well, does it have to be 12 or 14? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm not a (laughs) madman. I don't like, because I teach. I don't like to teach on the 13th, um, Friday the 13th. Mm Mm-hmm. No, the other of 13th are okay, but Friday the 13th I don't like the idea of. I'll try and avoid doing stuff. Anything that could go badly, because my teaching is kind of a performance mm. for a whole day. I will not try to take work. No, so I had a friend who was born
1: on a Friday the 13th, and we used to go to theme parks on Friday the 13th, Ooh. and it was like, yeah, no, that's
0: fine. Okay, I feel like it's looking for trouble. <laughs> But enough of this superstitious talk. Mm. Regardless of the episode number, this is going to be a good episode, I think. I feel it in me waters. Yeah, the first proper episode of 2023. Yes. Happy New Year, everyone. And a big year for Eurovision, Huge, it feels like. Huge, especially here in the UK. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess this Eurovision fever is gripping. Well, it's not gripping everyone, but it's gripping people who are into the contest. Well, it, in. it
1: was all over the BBC on the oh, New suppose. Year's Eve coverage, it wasn't was. it? So True. it
0: feels a lot more in the Zeitgeist. It does, that's a good word. In the yeah. Zeitgeist, yes. Yeah. And we've got yeah, you know, the national finals season has started, hasn't it? Oh yeah. It's so where the Vidbeer, which is the was the Ukrainian one. And others coming up. We mm. we looked at previews for Malta oh. and for Spain. Yeah. So mm. it's, and um, Estée Lal was it? Got our
1: early favourites already, so mm. yeah. yeah. Ones that we will eventually be disappointed that they didn't
0: make it through. Yeah, exactly. All <laughs> we'll the banging things saying, why didn't it do better? Plenty uh, for the Juice Award. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> We've also had the results of the ESC 250. I have to be honest, I didn't know about this until this year. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did know about it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is um, Eurovision fans voting for their favourite songs and artists. And every year there's a list of 250 that is collated based on all of the voting. And traditionally, what song has won? Lorene has been the queen forever. Yeah, like forever. <laughs> Until you go all the way back to... Before Lorene. <laughs> yes. But I think they only started it like a year or so before her. But then um, Laponia, a favourite of mine, and Monica mm-hmm. Asplund, was um, one of the first winners. But um, look, the queen has lost her crown. She has, she's taken a year off. Is that all that <laughs> Probably, actually. So the current queen is... Chanel. Is slow-mo, mm. yeah. But I was really pleased to see Cornelia Jacobs up there in the third position with Hold Me Close. I know, that's a good one, isn't it? Really that's amazing. It's really good. But what we'll see, I'm sure, next year, as is you can see from looking at the list of the top ten, top 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 twenty, is that the more recent ones will sort of like fade backwards, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like the best ones which hang out hang about. Apart from the weird stuff, like D May by Beth for Spain in two thousand and three, which is in the top ten and I, I I know the song, but it's not one of my standouts by any means. No. So that's interesting. Further down from 10 to 20, we've got Kaino, Spirit in the Sky. Yep, yeah, they've fallen from 7 to 13, but yeah. still. But some of the new ones in the top 20, we've got Incorporosano by um, Constructor for Serbia. We've got Spaceman by Sam Ryder. We've got De De-Duped for the Netherlands. But um, it was interesting to see who was in that 250. And in fact, we, we checked out the songs from this episode to see where they placed. Mm. And a few of them did place. A few of them were Neighbours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Weirdly. laughs> Bizarrely. Weirdly, Through no attempt to run on, yeah. So, how does the pod work? I've forgotten. It's been uh, so yeah, long. it's been so long.
1: <laughs> What's the format? So, each episode, we play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. Remind well, me what those categories
0: are. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm very glad you asked. The first three are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. We have 2010s to the present day. Really tough category to choose from because so there's so much good stuff. <laughs> then we have 90s and noughties, and I always choose from the noughties. And then we have 80s and earlier, which tends to be kind of like winners or songs that came high. We're trying to, to mine that rich vein and get some really good ones back out there. Um, so we're, we're kind of determined to, to keep that, those earlier, um, earlier years as well. The
1: second three. Yeah, tell me. And then we, we have a UK entry. Yeah.
0: We've ditched the Bridesmaid Award uh, for the first time, for the first episode of the year. We've, we've just, like, in the second place, the songs we've included have been good, but it's we've kind of, it's drying up that category, isn't it?
1: So we've been teasing it for a little while, so now we're doing our semi-final songs that failed to get to the finale. Yeah, which is
0: topical, isn't it? When you think about the voting changes.
1: Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But it's just loads there that we've bloody loved so yes (laughs) and
0: they need to be shared and understood and known
1: and then the sixth song is the juice award for a song that failed to qualify from its national selections and then finally we let the randomizer
0: have a crack at something and it tends to ruin our theme yeah the chaos monkey that is the randomizer at the end of the show picking any artist any song from any edition of Eurovision Mm -hmm. exciting stuff So if you're ready for all of that, it's time to sit back and listen to that familiar anthem. So we're going to kick off with our first category, 2010s to the present day now you've been wanting this one for a while haven't you Ryan? Right? yes and it kept getting pushed back one
1: episode <laughs> for something else
0: <laughs> so i didn't realize he was desperate to play it so i felt quite guilty but what have we got yeah so this is a my choice absolutely and we've got friend
1: of a friend by lake malawi who represented the czech republic in 2019 <laughs>
2: Making the same sounds Can you hear it? It sounds like you and me When we're making love Who
3: is it? You said you wish They weren't taking such a long time
2: She was my neighbour When we were 13 She moved back in there's not much between us now. Do you know what I mean? She's only a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. She's never home, cause she plays in the band. I don't know if you understand. She's only.
0: So that was Lake Malawi with friend of a friend. It was. Were you glad you picked it? <laughs> um yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? Like I'm, the chorus
1: is so so good. Yeah. And I think I just remember the chorus of it. Yeah. So yeah, like the verses and that the weird little talky bit. She was my neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just can't get
0: over there from the Czech Republic, but he sounds like he's from he's a Cockney Londoner. Yeah. She was my neighbour. I don't know, it just feels really I don't know, it's just odd. I think it's
1: got that Like a McFly busted sort of style, yeah, McBusted style to it, doesn't it? It So, yeah, and
0: this is 2019, so that's kind of late to the party in that sort of style, I guess. On time for Eurovision. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So it was fun. I liked um, the energy of it. They kind of looked a bit like kids' TV presenters.
1: Yeah, it's proper cheeky, isn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, cheeky, playful. Yeah. And it's got that funny editing effect to it, where they're in the three boxes on stage... And then they isolate those yeah. on the screen for people at home, yeah. so they can see the boxes and the multiple ones of them all scattered around all over the place. Yeah,
0: which is nice. I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, effect. It's fun, but I think it. I think they must lose something in the arena when you're watching that, and it's it's you know you're not seeing the big the whole picture.
0: Oh, uh, maybe. So we have the lead singer in yellow, the guitarist in red, and the drummer in a black sweatshirt and they're all wearing black trousers or jeans. I couldn't tell. I was trying to look. It's not important. (laughs) It's not important. They have the neon frames, didn't they? Yeah. That kept them in their boxes, although he was wandering around everywhere. And at one point, he beckoned us forwards through one of the neon frames. Did he not? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. From the back of the stage to the front, so we could see the size of the arena and everything. That's kind of cool.
0: I felt like he was really enjoying a gig, but it was just kind of a regular gig. Yeah, because they did that shout-out to themselves in the middle. This is like at a festival. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of felt a bit odd, but it was... It's confident. So,
1: how did it do? Oof. I don't feel like it did very well. I feel like it was the right hand side of the table.
0: No, it was just into the left hand side, but it was 11th. Oh, okay. But this is one of those interesting songs where, in terms of the voting, it got. What do you think? Did you think it got more jury points or more public televote points? Public televote. Absolutely not. Isn't it weird?
1: Oh, was it the other way around?
0: Yeah. Seven points from the public televote. Oh, shoot. Seven.
1: Well, everyone was voting for Kino, weren't they? And 150
0: points from the juries. Good gr- that is crazy, yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? Utterly bizarre. But it definitely deserved to do better than seven points from the telephone. Yeah. So, definitely. Very strange. It's odd. Odd, odd, odd. Also, strange was that they did really well in the semi-finals. They were second in their semi-final. Wow. And they got 242 points, and yet in the final they were 11th everyone was already bored of the song by that point <laughs> well i don't know i don't think they could have been bored of it by then already <laughs> it just seems a bit odd it charted in a few other countries the best place it charted was 13th in the lithuanian chart also estonia oh, it was in the uk singles downloads it was 65 hmm yeah so that's okay not bad for a Eurovision song. Do you want to know a bit more about Lake Malawi? Yeah, are they still up and running? Do you want to know about the group or actual Lake Malawi? The band. The band, <laughs> okay. So they're a Czech indie pop band from the Czech town of Tnech. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> formed in 2013. So Lake Malawi is founded by lead vocalist and frontman. That was the guy in the yellow, Albert Czerny. Um, he was in a previous band... And um, the band's name, it's not really clear why they are called Lake Malawi, but apparently, according to Wikipedia, always <laughs> authoritative and reliable. Uh, it was inspired from the song Calgary by Bon Iver. But that doesn't explain why Lake Malawi is the name of that band. Sorry, we need more information. I need more receipts. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're still going. I think they've just released a new album. So they've had a few albums, but um, only two, actually. But their latest album is called The Great Video Game Crush. And it was released in October last year. Mm. So there you go. That was Lake Malawi with Friend of a Friend.
1: Well, nresc S C two fifty? Yeah, they don't appear at all, not do they? at all. They are not there. Already forgotten.
0: I know. Rude. So it's time to move on to our next category, which is 90s and noughties. And what a surprise, we're headed to the noughties. <laughs> What's the song we've got? We've
1: got Desire by Claudette
0: Parche. Who did she represent?
1: Malta. She did. And that's how you know how to say Parche, Parche instead yes. of Pace.
0: Pace, Claudette Pace. Claudette Pace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Claudette Parche, take it away with Desire. Oh.
4: From the first
2: day I saw you To the last time we met I've desired to hold you Have you?
0: So that was Claudette Parche with Desire. What did you think? She looks like a fun auntie. Oh, doesn't she? Yes. She also looks like all Maltese aunties, let me tell you. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly in that period, in 2000. I went to Malta in 1999, and all of, the, all of the Maltese women of that age looked exactly like that. Right. Very fussy, but also very loving, but also very loud and very arm-gestery. <laughs> yeah, they look like there'd be a good time on two drinks. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. I think what I really enjoyed more about it than anything else was just the energy was that it was really like, yeah, we're going to sell this song. We've got the right stage setup. We're just going to have the focus on the one person singing. Mm. And we've got backing singers who are there going to punch the song out, but they're not going to. They interfere. don't detract. No, mm. exactly. I loved her ultramarine coat over. Mm. I'm going to call it ultramarine. Sounds good. Ooh. Could be aquamarine. I don't know. But <laughs> um, certainly that was a nice coat with the trousers underneath and the little purple. Chemise? you just making, making up it words, words now. Yeah. Yes. Lots of good handography, wasn't there? Oh, there really was, wasn't there? Yeah, she knew exactly what she was doing. You can't see this, but just imagine me twirling my fingers around in a very desireful... Home Heldet shopping party. network sort yes, of... Yes, look at the jewellery. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this performed in Stockholm because we are there because of Charlotte Pirelli, of course, the previous year. Good shout out to Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will never miss an opportunity to mention her. <laughs> On the pod. So this was sung 7th. What position did it come in the end? Probably lower than it deserved to because it was too early. I was so excited. I was thinking Malta might win this year. This is a brilliant entry. Really, really excited. So 12th? It was 8th. Okay. Which isn't too bad, but I still think it deserved more than that. I really do. Now I'm going to tell you a bit more about Claudette Parche. Go for it. She previously was called Claudette Buttergeek. (laughs) <laughs> Again, I know how to say these names because of family relations. And I know that, um, yes, Buttergeek There's a Buttergeek in the family, actually. Graziella Buttergeek. Yeah, she is a Maltese Member of Parliament. And she's currently the Deputy Speaker wow. of the House in, um, in Malta. And she was doing singing and TV presenting and all the Eurovision days and everything. But she stopped that in order to, to take a serious career in politics. But my best fact about Claudette Parcher, well, it's actually about the song, is that the UK chose it as their official Gay Pride song in 2001. Wow. <laughs> so, so that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's that, what that seems it was. kind
1: of random, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. So the following year, they're like, that's the song we want to yeah. represent Gay Pride. Hooray. How did it rate on
0: the ESC 250? Wasn't there.
2: <gasps> I know.
0: That's not good. I'm just going to take the, also the opportunity to say that she was born in Nashar, <laughs> even though it's spelled N-A-X-X-A-R, and you wouldn't think it was, but it's Nashar. So okay. I know that. All this Maltese knowledge. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we also took a look at the video, didn't we? We decided it wasn't as good. Yeah, the vocals aren't as good. She just punches it in the, in the actual final, doesn't she? Yeah, it's got way more character in it. But it was filmed in Mdina, which is the old capital of Malta, before Valletta became the new capital. And it's where they filmed the first season of Game of Thrones. Good fact. Thank you. <laughs> so that was our 90s and naughty slot. We're going back in time. Diddle, 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 <laughs> and we've got another woman in a long dress who can move about and is very confident and singy. You have to be singy for Eurovision, really. Yeah, sort so what's she called? Joy Fleming. Yes. And she's singing Ein Lied kann ein Brücke sein for Germany in 1975. That was Joy Fleming with Ein Lied. Can Ein Brucker sign? So, mm. what did you make of that? I think Joy and Claudette would have really got on well together, oh, wouldn't they? Yes. Get their handbags down on the floor. <laughs> yeah. be <and literally laughs> rocking the club. Yeah. I'd avoid them though.
1: <laughs> we, I don't think you'd stand a chance, would you? <laughs> no. You'd get pulled into that orbit, and
0: yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> But she's regarded as a Eurovision legend is Joy Fleming. Mhm. And we noticed her song was in the top two fifty. Yes. It, and it came two hundred and seven. Two hundred and seven. That's right. So she left us only a few years ago in twenty seventeen, at the age of seventy two. But regarded since her Eurovision performance as wondrous and brilliant, but at the time didn't do very well. What placing did the song come? Oh. Out of 19 countries. Ooh. 12th? 17th. Ooh. Yes. Despite its low placing, yeah, it's become a favourite of Eurovision fans.
1: Yeah, I've not heard it before today, but I can completely see why. Yeah. Because she absolutely sings
0: her heart out, doesn't she? Yeah. She really belts it out and completely sells the song, which not everyone does. So it's really, really good. I remember thinking, in fact, when I first saw this earlier today when we decided to use this song as... For this slot that oh god it's that horrible woman in that green dress and she she's mental and she sings too much and she moves too much and they've just taken that one clip of her throwing mm. her head back and singing dancing around in her dress mm. but she's just really selling the song and it's which it, she, w- it works yeah. in
1: the moment and she just hits that really big powerful note yeah. and you can tell that it's been building and building to that point and she's like yeah i've got it
0: yeah exactly but out of context yeah it does look like a slightly mad person singing over singing. yeah if you yeah out of context yeah totally but i have a new appreciation mm. for this song and for joy fleming so hooray for her now she put so much welly as we say in the uk into that song and it's only right that we understand what she was singing so passionately about okay so the lyrics to joy's song which is Ein lied can Ein a sign which translates as a song can be a bridge ah. the lyrics are as follows look at your life what's it been like years they're just going round in circles you want to change yourself but nobody breaks the ice ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> then you're talking to people who mean nothing to you look they're feeling just the same as you but there are still roads which lead directly to me oh baby a song can be a bridge and each tone is like a stone Making it strong and stable, you can walk over it. Understand the others, etc. But do you notice at the end she does actually eventually sing the final bit in English? Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, she (laughs) she she shouts for them to come over the bridge. I think. What's she say? Yeah, walk across the bridge of love. Walk across the bridge of love. Good. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) that good was very much stopped singing, stop talking
1: now. (laughs) It was if you sing anymore, I'm going to drop the music behind it.
0: <gasps> that might encourage me. <laughs> <laughs> she did try to represent Germany again in Eurovision several times, three times, in fact. Twice was a runner up in the German national finals. So she didn't quite make it, mm-hmm. but she did try, which is a credit to her. So she could be a future juice award. Oh, she could be. <laughs> yes. Very interested in her song, Joy to the World, with the group Jambalaya in 2002. Mm. Maybe we should dig that one out. Okay, so it's time for us to take a break. Yep, let's do it.
1: Thank you for listening to eurovision queens why not come and have a conversation with us on twitter at EuroQueensPod, or if you're on instagram with eurovision queens where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels on both of those there's also a link in our bio to our spotify playlist for everything that
0: we've played in the show so far back to the show And we're back from our break. I hope you heeded the messages that were therein. Or yeah. took the task to go to the toilet. <laughs> sorry. No one takes the toilet during our podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, no one goes to the toilet during our podcast. They commit mm-hmm. all the way
1: through. Okay, unless it's a sit-down toilet.
0: <laughs> Is it a sit-down toilet? <laughs> yes, we're back. It's time for our UK entry. Oh, this one I've been holding back from you as well, haven't I? This feels like Ryan finally <laughs> unleashed.
1: What is it? Yeah, it's Gina G with Ooh R oh, just a little bit. A from little bit.
0: 1996. More. Oh, that's terrifying. 26 years ago. Shut up. <laughs> 26 years ago. Shut up. Wow. Here she is. Oh. So we've just watched Gina G performing at Eurovision. Oh, making history. It's making history. <laughs> but honestly, what a good performance. I don't remember it being that good. I think it's the stage. The stage is so shit. It just looks like a ramshackle top of the pops. Set, yeah doesn't it?
1: exactly there's yeah. that weird industrial post-apocalyptic yeah craziness going on that just fills the stage yeah so nothing so she's only really stood right at the very front yeah and then you've got those two weird little dj setups with their massive monitors yeah the apple max that just look shit they do look
0: shit but they were top of the range
1: at the time they probably were yeah, yeah. And then you have the weird, stupid camera effect where they put that monotone, less, oh, yeah. like lower frame rate. It just Everything just disconnects from all of it. Yeah. But her vocals are amazing.
0: And, you know, like the song stands up. Yeah, brilliant. Crazy. Iconic performance. Iconic dress. Actually, this is part of my quiz. I've got a quick Gina G quiz for you. Okay. Are you ready? Go on then. Question one. Mm-hmm. From what position did Gina G sing on the night? Oh, I should have been... Paying more attention. Ninth? Second. Ooh. Exactly. That was already against her, wasn't it? Second place. Uh, yeah. Not good. No. No. My second question is, what was the name of the album that U2 just a little bit was on? Oh, I feel like you would have had it. I, I definitely had it. <laughs> Did you? I remember it was
1: all purple and I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain she was covered in chocolate. Really? On the cover, yeah. Um... Gina G-alicious or something like
0: that. (laughs) You said it was called Fresh. Uh, Oh, okay. It was released in 97, the year later. And was she covered in chocolate? We'll have to find out, won't we? (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: do a quick check. After a quick Google search, (laughs) we found out that she was covered in chocolate. Well, it was brown trousers. It was chocolate. (laughs) Was it?
2: it It's chocolate. Okay.
0: It's chocolate. (laughs) It's (laughs) chocolate. It's chocolate. Um, and it was purple yep well done proof yeah. that you had it All Right. so the th- my third question is where did it chart in the UK singles chart
1: oh it came first didn't it didn't go to number one did it not go to number one then
0: <laughs> I'm asking you
1: well it should have gone to number one no I want to know what you think <laughs> I feel like it may have not gone to number one probably didn't do as well as I think it should have done <laughs> I know nothing anymore I'm going to just say it went to number one. Yeah, it did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> My
0: next question is, did it go to number one before or after the contest? Before. No, it was the day after. Oh. So people, it was rising for a few weeks. I think it reached number two, and then it got to number one after the contest. Good. Yes. My next question is this. Where did it chart in the US singles chart? Ooh. See, I, that's
1: the... The fun fact that I know is that this was the highest charting Eurovision song in America until Duncan Lawrence. Correct, yes. So I get a bonus point for you that. You do get a bonus point. Sixth. Fourth. Oh, okay. So and that's a big deal in America. Nothing charts, has isn't ever it? happens.
0: Yeah. I, I went to St. Louis in 1997 and it was the, this house of this gay couple and they suddenly put on Gina G and I was really surprised. I was like, but. <laughs> What? How did that happen? Yeah. But it was huge. Well, and it
1: still is, isn't it? It's not been forgotten in the slightest. No,
0: exactly. I suppose that was ninety-seven. so that was just the next year. So that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. My final question, which I think you know the answer to, is in which position did Gina G, with UR just a little bit, place in the ESC 250? Oh, top 20, wasn't
1: it? (laughs) I can't remember. If I look at the screen... Um, <laughs> 50th. 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 Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you look at your notes. Yes, <laughs> 50th. I think you did quite well in that Gina G inspired quiz. Oh, one last question. You get all the points for this one. Any you got wrong. I just wiped from history. Uh-oh. The dress that Gina G wore on stage mm. was designed by Paco Rabanne. For who originally? Kate Moss? No. It was Cher. Oh wow! Yes, but apparently Cher never wore it.
1: So Gina G then went and made it legendary.
0: It is legendary, isn't it? It's mm. the well, it's giant metal sequins, isn't it? Yeah, chain in a chain dress. Yeah, I don't know whether chain dress is a term. <laughs> I'm making up lots of terms today. We've had chemise. we've had <laughs> ultramarine. Overcoat. Proper fashion photo
1: review going oh, on I can't today, tell isn't there. it? Sweetie.
0: What else do we want to say about Gina G?
1: I've got a. I've got an interesting dot-to-dot dot that I've made while watching that. Yeah. So if that was May 1996, mm-hmm. we were one month away from Wannabe with the Spice Girls. Oh, wow. So And you can see it, the roots in it, can't yeah. you? Yeah. But the summer of 96 for pop music... If oh, you like that sort of music,
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were spoiled. <laughs> I should also talk again, I did briefly talk about it on the podcast before, about Reborn in the USA which was the reality series that she, that Gina G was on alongside Sonia, Michelle Gale, Tony Hadley, etc. And she won the first show. Nice. Yeah. But she got the fewest votes in the next show and went up for the public vote. She lost and was eliminated from the show in the third programme. But this was not the end of her Eurovision road. Do you remember?
1: Yeah. She tried to represent the UK
0: again. Yeah. With the song Flashback, when she competed against Javine and Katie Poiss. Katie Poiss. Katie Poiss. <laughs> Katie Poiss. <Price. laughs> yep. So um can we have a little bit of flashback?
1: I don't know if we want to. Can we have a little bit of flashback? <laughs> can we have a flashback
0: to flashback? Okay.
2: Good. Just get it!
0: So where do we stand on this song now? It's it's a bona fide like classic. Banger, yeah. yeah. In fact, it's always
1: on at clubs, isn't it? it yeah, and it should be. And if it <laughs> when it is, everyone goes <laughs> crazy for it. They do. People that don't even realize, people that are half the age of this
0: song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was our Gina G Lovin. finally. Yeah. Oh, also I just want to say a bit more about her. I never knew that she was actually called Gina Mary Gardner. Ooh. so the G actually was her surname? Yes, Gina Gardner. And she was born in Brisbane, Queensland, in Australia. And she was born in 1970, so she's 52.
1: Wow. I wonder if she would try and represent Australia now. Oh, she should. She ought. She ought, but they might not making, respect her enough as we do. I
0: don't think she's making music anymore, though, which is sad. Well, she did give us more than enough. Yes, thank you. We don't want any more from Eugenia. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ms. Gardner. You gave us more than enough. Yeah. You were too good to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, next up, we have our first entry in the semi-final slot. Yay! These are songs that were in the semi-finals. We loved them. They didn't get through because people are idiots. The people are idiots category. Well, the jury cannot be trusted. Well, as its jury or its televote, it depends, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, either. But we're going to start with one that's a fan favourite. It is in the ESC 250 at 206, just one place ahead of Joy Fleming, in fact. And this was a song at the time everyone going into the 2006 contest were like, this one's got a massive chance of winning. It really has. And it was performed by Kate Ryan, and it's called...
1: Jetador and it represented Belgium in 2006. <laughs>
0: that was Je Tador," sung by Kate Ryan do you think as I do that it was a travesty that it didn't get through oh completely I mean I know the song because you've
1: played it for me many times on playlists <laughs> yeah. so I would have assumed that would have easily got through to the finale and been in like top 10 or something yeah, like that yeah exactly
0: yeah it has a slightly um, I don't know why I was reminded of El Diablo a bit I mean it's nowhere near the, the production value of El Diablo but it's kind of got that sort of strength of like this is what we're doing Mm. yeah i can see that yeah so it was a big shock it didn't get through although terry wogan was deeply sarcastic about it on the night and he kept saying it sounded like um shut that door shut that door so he was just taking the piss out of it but he got to the point he was coming to the end of the line of him being too negative about eurovision yeah it was a big surprise i think you know at the pre-contest UK party, that was thought that you, everyone thought it was going to win. Just like the previous year, everyone thought that Selma would win if I had your love, which is another story, another semi-finalist <laughs> who should have got through. Question. God, this is a question episode, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's, it's a typical question, though. Oh, OK. But I'll always ask it when it comes to these semi-finalists. Hmm. What position did she come? So there's 23 in her semi-final. Where yeah. did she place? Was it 11th? 12th okay yeah so she missed out by two places Mm. yeah but i think there was only one semi-final back then i can't remember when two semi-finals started because 23 seems like a lot yeah yeah yes well i think there's about 16 now isn't there well there's two and there's 18 so what did we think about her performance it's
1: a good performance yeah lots of like the her stomping around in her flow- flowy dress is good. Yeah. With her backing dancers, waving microphones at her so she can dramatically sing into different ones, which <laughs> is really cool.
0: <laughs> and they were relatively sexy, weren't they, the backing dancers? Yeah,
1: they've got an androgynous sort of...
0: I don't think they're androgynous at all. Well, well, it's because they've got the black corsets on. I know, but they were really all quite macho. Yeah. Despite that. But there's a bit of gender fuckery going oh, yeah. on in there. Yeah, which we like. Mm-hmm. And there's that one woman who stood by herself. No,
1: there's one either side. That was either
0: side. Yeah. They look like they're on a skate ramp. I imagine them going down the skate ramp at either side to meet each other. I oh, didn't do that. No. So she's in a long peach dress. She's got a blonde, long bob. Yeah, and it's the year with the inverted stairs. It is. We know it's that year. We know it's the year when we also have Moya Stickler and we have Show Me Your Love. Oh, it's a Carola. good year. Corolla with Invincible. Yeah. Oh, it's a very good year for strong female vocalists. Mm. Wonder why it's one of my favourites. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, that was our first entrant in the semi-final slot. The Ferry. Redemption. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that was Kate Ryan. Right. Next up is the Juice Award. I need
1: you. to go I need to Eurovision.
0: Eurovision. Yes. That award that is given to a song that should have got through its national final and represented that country at Eurovision. Now... I feel we may be going back to somewhere we know very well. Yeah, we're going back somewhere
1: where we've already been. (laughs) So we've already picked one song from this one that should have gone to Eurovision. Okay, I will happily pick four or five. (laughs) So I'm
0: sensing Sweden. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) no surprise. It's going to be Melfest. Melfest 2022. Yeah, song called "I Can't Get Enough" by Casio
0: (laughs) Pierre.
3: Got Baby, I got his shoes. We both got pretty scars, but I love your every flaw. When I'm with you, I won't try to fix you. So why? So what if we get drunk?
0: another brilliant Melfest performer. Oh, totally. And you know what it reminds
1: me of? This is a really weird connection. Yeah. But the the cat from the Lego movie?
0: Oh, the Unikitty.
1: It's like you cracked Unikitty's brain open and that's yes. the song that's in her
0: head. Totally, yeah. Because <laughs> she's kind of all punky and unicorny and bubblegummy and rainbowy, but she's also got a an edge to her. Yeah. That's kind of she's like... she's covered in tattoos. Yes. And also the lyrics, it talks a bit about... Um, being down and stuff and mm-hmm. at the start and doesn't she even talk about alcohol and stuff i think oh, i don't know about that maybe I just remember something at the start anyway but yeah and it's so it's kind of like rainbow with a punk hard edge
1: yeah yeah it's like an art teacher yes the, an art,
0: art, teacher professor the art professor the cool art professor yeah <laughs> absolutely and um yeah i loved it
1: yeah I mean, obviously, Cornelia Jacobs Won. totally deserved to win. Yeah,
0: actually, so why are you having a go at Cornelia?
1: Because this <laughs> Melfest, I would happily take this Melfest over probably the top 20 of the actual Eurovision.
0: Fair. So, what position did it come on the night out of the 11 songs in the final?
1: I think it was sixth or something like that. Wasn't Ninth. It?
0: Ninth, oof. Tough, isn't it? It was tough, yeah. Moa Anna Maria Karla Becker is her full name, but she's better known by a stage name, Cassiopeia. She's a Swedish DJ, artist, singer and songwriter. Mm. Now, songwriter. Oh, she is. Wow. Now, do you know what song she
1: wrote? I know she's got some big ones in there. I know she's written for Blackpink. Mm. Maybe even Justin
0: Bieber. Mm. Was it Justin Bieber? Well, all right. She wrote a Eurovision song in particular. Ooh. But not an ordinary Eurovision song. Was it an interval act? No. No. Oh. So... What is it? <laughs> the America Song Contest? Oh! Oh, what, the Alexa? Alexa, Wonderland. She wonder wrote it. that. She wrote
1: the winning song. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I did not realise that. Yeah. But that is an also a very good song. Yeah. Can we have a bit of that now? Absolutely.
3: I'm caught up in a sweet illusion I admit it's me mad
0: Turns out she writes loads for Alexa and has done for the last two years. I know she specialises in
1: like K-pop. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she got you got some BTS in there as well. K-pop knowledge is pretty much non-existent, but okay. I'm fairly certain she's written for
0: Blackpink. So this song reached number five in the Swedish chart. Cool. That's good. Mm -hmm. We hope she's going to be back, don't we, to try again?
1: Yeah, it'd be amazing to see her there. Or she's probably got her fingers in some Eurovision pies somewhere.
0: Yeah, well, she's certainly doing okay writing for all those different people. Mm. Wonderful. Cassiopeia with I Can't Get Enough. Very catchy song. Such a good one. Yeah okay we can't hold it off any longer release the chaos monkey (laughs) (laughs) it's time for the randomizer so i have fed the years into the randomizer 1956 to 2022 Mm -hmm. so what year will we get do you think it's definitely going to be in the 60s
1: probably in the 50s i think it's going to be 73 we've already been to the 70s today so
0: 1989 it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit weird. We don't go there very often. No, we don't. So, there were 22 songs that year. So, we're going to find out which one we're choosing. Song number 20 Iceland. Iceland. We have got Daniel August Haraldsson singing "Power, Sem Engin Ser. <laughs>
2: Lacht schon eng gehen.
0: So that was pretty terrible. We need to (laughs) (laughs)
1: apologise.
0: Oh. So, translated from the Icelandic, it means what no one sees, and I kind of wish we hadn't seen that.
1: Mm, Yeah, this should have been left in time. (laughs) He was faintly
0: terrifying, wasn't he?
1: He was terrifying. He's come to speak to us
0: about his Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He absolutely has, with his chain necklace, with his Mormon clothes, Mm. and his pleated lilac trousers Mm. there was one point we were watching that where you actually backed away (laughs) he did a
1: scary murdery face (laughs) did not like it he was very
0: creepy Mm. and that's probably why it came last zero points Mm -hmm. no points at all that's hard isn't it yeah I'm sorry zero points (laughs) (laughs) but fair fair very fair sometimes I don't understand why but this one I can yes so 22nd place in 1989. I'm intrigued, though. I want to find out about Daniel August Haraldson. Let's... I think there's going to be some gems. I think we're going to find out some interesting stuff about him. Okay. Like the fact that he broke away from the cult that he was in. <laughs> Let's find out. So, as I thought, a very rich vein indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been in a band called Goose Goose, or Gus Gus, and he's performed all over Europe with them and he's released five albums and he also produced an album with electronic rock group Bubble Flies but he's also done acting he's performed in West Side Story Jesus Christ Superstar in which he played Pontius Pilate um, yeah and I think I imagine he's quite an established name in Iceland seems Oh, also lead singer of Nidonsk and Ezja. good yeah. but we went to a website didn't we mm,
1: his website has got his MySpace page on it <laughs> And videos that
0: are Flash players. Yeah. Bless him. Mm. But I think it looks like he kind of relaunched his career in the 2000s and he kind of just ignored the fact that he was a creepy, religious-esque, altar boy singing (laughs) murderer in (laughs) Eurovision. Yeah. Well, at least that's the character he played at Eurovision. (laughs) True. God. Because Iceland do like to send a concept. They do. Well, that was certainly a concept, wasn't it? He released his second solo album, *The Drift*, in 2011. Don't think we've heard much from him since. No. <laughs> Very odd, wasn't it? Mm. Thank you, Randomizer. Yeah, for leaving for us being in this... as random as yes, always. Feeling unsettled at the end of the
1: episode. <laughs> Can we go back to "I Can't Get Enough"? And I can't get yeah, enough. Yeah, it's much better.
0: I can't get enough. Yes, we should. The Unikitty vibes of "I yes, Can't Get Enough." Yes, exactly. <laughs> In fact, can we play the in again? a bit? I feel it like needs a bit of cleansing. A detox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's it we've reached the end of another show now it did have an unlucky number 13 element to it thanks to the randomizer at the end there yeah but what was your favourite song from the episode Ooh. Gosh. Um I think my favourite that
1: I didn't know about was probably Joy Fleming. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, I mean Gina G. Yeah. Do you know what I'm gonna Sorry. go for? I bet you do know what I'm gonna go for. You're gonna go
0: with Claudette? Yes. <laughs> Claudette Parche <laughs> with desire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's 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 the one's right there in my in my heart. Forever. Good. But you've got to have Gina, you've gotta have Gina in there as well. Wonderful. So until we meet again Mm -hmm. and it's episode 14 which is a much squarer more stable number i'm happy with number 14 yeah maybe the randomizer will be good to us next time definitely not no (laughs) what am i saying talking about our socials (laughs) (laughs) yes if you want to get in touch with us at eurovision queens you can do so in many ways You can email us at EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. You can visit us on Insta and have a look at our lovely reels at EurovisionQueens. And you can also talk to us on Twitter, EuroQueensPod. And we've got our playlist that is getting longer and longer each episode. Yeah, it's so good. It's good for car journeys. It's over three hours now. Three hours of all the songs we've played. Only the good ones, though. There's no shit on there. It's just like a classic Eurovision playlist. So if you need one for a Eurovision party or for a a car journey or a plane journey, it's perfect yeah
1: and that is linked in our bio on our
0: link tree and it's just called Eurovision Queens isn't it yeah so get that in your ear holes (laughs) okay until next time I've been Andy I've been Ryan bye bye
1: Now we need to watch Genia J again. Again? I feel like we should. No, we're not watching it again.